Brothers and sisters, what a vineyard it must have been. It had, after all, a killer real estate listing. Pre-planted, hedge already installed, and then the equivalent of granite countertops and new appliances, a hewed-out wine press, and a tower. What a vineyard it must have been. And what a harvest it must have been. The vines bowed low to the ground, so heavy they were with grapes. The fig trees almost bent in double under the weight of those branches heavy laden with fruit. (laughs) What a harvest it must have been. What else could explain what the tenants did? There was so much goodness. They had to be pretty proud of where they worked. What a vineyard it was. What a harvest it was. Look at all our good work. Look at what we have done. What's that? Someone's at the door? Who? From the owner? What could they want? This is our vineyard, our harvest. Let's teach them a lesson. What a vineyard it must have been. What a harvest it must have been to make those tenants do what they did, to choose to reject all of the messengers of the owner, There was so much goodness, they were blinded to what they had agreed to do. They had forgotten, not the real estate listing, but the job listing when they were hired, wanted people who will produce the harvest at the proper time. Blinded by so much goodness, Those workers thought themselves the masters. This is ours. This belongs to us, and we'll do whatever is necessary to defend what's ours. They thought themselves masters, so much so. They outranked the sun. Brothers and sisters, what a vineyard we have. Planted with grace. Hedged round by the scriptures. And we enjoy not granite countertops or new appliances, but we enjoy that wine press and tower of the sacraments. When God's grace comes flowing freely into our lives and we are able to ascend up that seven-story tower entering at the ground floor of baptism and ascending to the heights of communion with God in the Eucharist. What a vineyard we have. And what a harvest we have. There are so many blessings that we have received in our lives. 
all the good work we have done, the houses and safety and comfort we enjoy, the people who sit next to us in the pews this morning. What a harvest we have. It's enough to turn our heads, enough to tempt us in the same way that the workers were tempted. Tempted to take ownership, to grasp at and to hoard all these things as if they were ours. We are as prone to lose sight of the owner of the vineyard as the workers in the parable are. For we, like them, can forget that everything we have, we have received. The workers did not create the vineyard. The owner dug it out, spaded it, cleared it of stones, even chose the initial site of its construction on that fertile hillside. The owner built it all. The owner made it possible. The owner put us in the vineyard. The owner asked us to produce his harvest. But we are always tempted to think ourselves the masters, to keep to ourselves all that God has accomplished in us and for us. We are tempted to hold on to the harvest of our time. There are precious few days available to us, and so we bristle when something upsets our plans, asks something more of us. That person in need that cause that holds out its hands for our donation. Our time is an illusion. You and I can do nothing to add another hour to the day. The sun will rise and set regardless of what we do. Will we give the Master what is His? Will we give him that gift of time that we have received? How often we try to hoard relationships in our lives, to cling to the people who mean the most for us, the person we married, the children we raise, the friends we choose, We put our hands around those relationships and turn them inwards to focus on the most important person in the room, to make it all about me, to seek to receive more than others then to give. But these people are not creatures of our making. They are gifts planted in the vineyard by the master. Will we give the owner what is his? We can choose to hoard up even our pain, our suffering. 
wallowing in our vulnerabilities and our past hurts, in the misfortunes and difficulties of our lives, gathering them like a dragon gathers gold in order for us to make a nest in, to settle down in. But that's a cold and hard bed to live in, to define ourselves according to our pain. And even this God wants from us. He makes that clear when he sends his Son to join us in that place of suffering and death. And yet we are hesitant to let even that part of our harvest go. But God wants not just our harvest, not just our efforts, not just our relationships, not just our time. God wants us. The owner didn't have to hire the workers. He wanted them to share in the good things that were his. The owner wanted that relationship with the workers, wanted them to be able to properly put in order their own lives. And the giving over the share of the harvest that belongs to the owner, it's a sign of that relationship, a sign that everything is as it should be. The owner of the vineyard wants us because we are his harvest. We are the good fruits that he grows. Will we give the master what is his? It's a question for us individually. It's a question for us as a church, as the vineyard of the Lord. This very week, Pope Francis has convened the Synod on Synodality in Rome, gathering together men and women of the faith, workers in God's vineyard, to have a union meeting of sorts. To remember again that the vineyard does not belong to the Pope. It does not belong to the bishops. It does not belong to priests or deacons. It does not belong to any of us. It belongs to God. Will we listen for what he has to say to us? Will we hear his invitation to give him everything? What a vineyard it is. What a harvest it is. We gather what we did not plant. We enjoy gifts we did not earn. When the master of the harvest has been so good to us, will we be good to him? Will we respect his son when he comes to his vineyard? Will we respect his son when he comes to gather us?